this episode 189 the ultimate deck podcast need a show about outdoor living this is where it's at with your host shane chapman and way Loren. thank you for tuning in now let the show begin yeah the ultimate deck podcast let's go welcome to the ultimate deck podcast wade shane kyler here bryce i don't even know where bryce is bryce is in calgary with his family Okay, we got a new producer at the hard home. stop on the music there too. Hey? Sorry. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm done with this. Jarring for me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, at first it didn't fade, so I had to like, I was like yelling over it, and then uh, then it was just over. <laughs> so, uh, Bryce is in Calgary visiting family. Is that what you said? No, he's with his family in Calgary. With his family in Calgary. I think they I just see. went to Callaway Park or something. Oh, that's a long ways to go just to go to Callaway Park. Well, they couldn't go to North Regina. Go to it. It's not there. <laughs> yeah, it's fair. It's right. The park is only in one place. <laughs> uh, so Kyler's behind the magical buttons today. Um, yep. There you heard what the <laughs> result of that was. Yep. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll be better for the next time, I promise. We'll see if he's as quick on those uh, the fancy buttons with all the sounds on him, too, because Bryce has gotten pretty Not quick on the trigger likely. on those. But, you know. What's new? Wade, you were up in Saskatoon? I was up there for the week. Last week? Not really the week, I guess. It was only Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Did you do anything while you were up there? You betcha I did. Outside of work? I played a little golf. Did you? I played okay. So there's this um, golf course that I play at, and every month they have what's called tips and tucks. So they move the tee boxes all the way to the back. That means something different for me. Yeah, but as you... Develop your golf game through these <laughs> lessons you're taking. Yeah. You'll start to understand that it's all different. It, yeah. So tips and tucks is the tips of the golf course. So they move the, the tee boxes all the way back as far as you can on the ones that, the ones that you look at and you're like, who'd ever play from there? Well, yeah. we did. The Reds. Yeah. The, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then they tuck the pins. So every single pin was behind a bunker or on the edge of the green. Some of them were like bordering on like illegal pin placements. So there are rules about where you can put pins. You can't have them a certain distance. Come on. They have to be a certain distance away from the edge of the green and they have to be, they can't be on a slope. Right. And so anyways, uh, so I played in that. That's always a really fun event because that course sets up so, so hard. I think that's bullshit about the not being on a slope thing because Mini golf courses, they put that shit on the top of the little red ball, the red, right. red domes all the time. Yeah. Kids can do it. No, it's they can't. Hard. No, they can't. It's hard. Kids can't do it. <laughs> okay. As if yeah. golf needed to be harder. Yeah, but anyway. that's right. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. And then on Tuesday, I went out with Tyler from Compound, and we went to a small town outside of Saskatoon called Vanskoy, and they have a 3D archery range there. Okay. And so you shoot, rather than shooting like targets, you shoot foam, like... Or it's a foam deer or a foam pig or a, it's like a target. Yeah. But it's a out of foam. So it's a 3D target shoot. They have 44 targets and you do like the front 20 and the back 24. So anyways, that was a blast. I've never shot that before. So you walk through and they have signs in the forest and you have to like shoot through tree branches and try and hit these things. And then uh, there's a portion of the... F- of the field that they take you out into a field and then you have two. Sh- it's like a guided thing. Nope. It was just like a, or uh, just follow the trail. Yeah. It's kind of like a golf course and you like walk the trail and then okay. there's a number. It's like number one. And then you stand at number one, look through the trees, find the target. And you're like, Oh, there it is. It's a coyote. And then you shoot it. Okay. So the front part was mostly 20 yard shots was all pretty 
like relatively easy. We didn't get perfect scores, but it was relatively easy. Go to the back, and then the second target was a 104-yard antelope. And I have never shot more than 60 yards. I was like, well, this is interesting. So zing, poof, landed halfway. I was like, aim higher. Zing, poof, landed three quarters of the way there. I was like, well, I have no idea how to shoot 100 yards with my <laughs> bow. So it was good. I lost new four bow. arrows. Yeah, exactly. New sight, new bow. So I lost four arrows. Tyler lost seven. So anyways. It was beat him. Yeah, I did. I beat him. <laughs> it was a ton of fun. So Wednesday. Golf Monday. Uh, archery Tuesday. Did you actually make it to the store to help the people out? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Uh, I did work at the store every morning from 630-ish until 6, 7 at night. And then and then what I would have. Golf and archery. Golf and archery in the evenings. So. Um, so I decided recently that I was going to start taking golf lessons, as you referred to. Uh-huh. And I tried to do this last year, actually. Because I haven't golfed, like... At, you could basically call it I haven't golfed in mm-hmm. seven years, like so basically since we opened this store. See, and even before I that, was like, was there's like a bit of a correlation with your child, like the couple birth of your children there. too. Yeah, the only time that I've golfed in the last number of years was basically one time a year at a scramble tournament. That's like been as much as I've Can golfed. One of the nicest courses in the province. Yeah. You yeah, it was always that. enjoyable. <laughs> it was a beautiful course. But anyways, this year I was like, oh, I should get out a little bit more. So I've been out, I think, three times. This year, which is like, that's pretty, that's a lot for me. Yep. And I'm planning on going to a few more and there's a couple of tournaments in there too. And last year I was looking into lessons and I tried to get a hold of this guy. We tried to line something up and every time I was like, how about this weekend? He's like, ah, I'm not available. How about there? I'm not available. I think I tried four times, not available every time. And I was like, well, this is over. Good like, for you. I'm always like a three strike. Give me your schedule or like, I'm not going to guess anymore. Yep. So I quit trying. Didn't do it last year. This year I was like, I need to do this. So I took my first lesson last week. And it was, he was fantastic. I went up there and I, like, before I met the the golf pro, I went to the, to the clubhouse and I was like, I'd like to buy, I'm here for lessons with Gary. They're like, okay, would you like to do one lesson or do you want to do the pack? And I was like, I'll do the pack. Because if you do, if you pay for five, you get the sixth lesson for free. I was like, I'll do that one. Yeah. And she's like, okay, sounds good. And the guy behind me was like, well, you might not want to do that. Maybe just take one. And I was like, but I think I could use all six. (laughs) And he's like, well, I don't know. Gary fixed me in five minutes. And I was like. Holy smokes. Well, if he fixes me in five minutes, it's worth the $400 that I'm going to pay for all six. So yeah, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll still do the pack. Anyways, I went out there and yeah, he's fantastic. Like, right. It was just like, so kind of asked you what you're, what you What's, know about yourself. Like, how do you play? Like what's, what happens when you're out there? How yeah. things feel? And you kind of tell him that he's like, okay, now take a couple swings. And he just looks a couple times. He's like, okay. And then the plan is developed. Like he just looks Three swings, I think I took. And he's like, all right, we're going to start here. Okay. <laughs> like, what did he start so 40, with? Uh, grip was, I think, probably the first thing we talked about. Close your hand. So, because he looked, like, he looked at my swing too, and he's like, okay. He's like, we're, like, you've got, like, good balance. You, like, you transfer your weight well. Like, a lot of people, when they first start, like, not first start, because I'm not just starting, but, yep. like, I'm familiar with the game of golf. But he's like, a lot of people have to work on their, their, tra- their balance transfer and whatever else. He's like, you seem to have a pretty good, like, motion. But he's like, it's... It's grip and the swing and everything else. So anyway, so I think he started with grip, if I'm not mistaken. So he changed up my grip. And um, then he just like went through a few drills for sure. Like he was um, like threw a towel on the ground. He's like, I want you to swing at the towel. Maybe I'm skipping ahead here a little bit, but kind of went through the like the releasing the wrist. Like I yeah. wasn't, I wasn't swinging like that. Yeah. I was, and that's part of my slice. Baseball. I was never turning my wrist over. And so the club was staying open the whole way through my swing. Yeah. 
And so that was one of the first things. And one of the drills for that, he's, he's like, everything we're going to do for a drill is going to be like super exaggerated at first because it's going to feel weird. And we want you to like get used to that feeling. So when we walk it back to where it actually needs to be, that doesn't feel weird to you anymore. So the first drill is like, you're going to swing through and you're going to turn your wrist. And I want you to hit this towel on the ground with the toe, like with the end of your club, like not just off the toe of it, like turn the club right into it. Like, oh, weird. If you know what I mean. Yeah. And so you're actually like hooking the towel right up. And it's like, you're going to come down and you're going to rotate your wrist and you're going to like scoop that towel up and hit the towel with like the, the end of your club. So did that for a bit and I was like, okay, okay. And then, um, yeah, it was, mo- it was mostly grip. He had me doing the stance. He didn't change anything. One minor thing, like I, I would, ad- I would address the ball and I'd have my shoulders, like my feet might've yes. been pointed in one way, but my shoulders, shoulders were tipped. Cause when you, like when you he's like, this is common when people reach for the bottom grip of your, of your weak hand, people tend to like drop their shoulder down there to, to reach for it, but you don't really want to do that because what you do is you pull your shoulders out. Mm-hmm. And then, so I was like, okay. So we got that figured out. So then you're open at impact. And right. it's like, hmm? yeah. And so it's all that kind of stuff. So anyways, he's like, okay. And then we're going to try a few shots. And he's like, we're going to like, you're going to, we're going to teach you to intentionally hook this ball. Like we're going to get that ball going this way all day long <laughs> and then we'll bring it back. So he's like, I want you to, to swing and like really focus and think about releasing your wrists and turning them over. Mm-hmm. Mid swing. He's like, I want you to do it more. Like I want the ball to be coming off the club to the right. So step up there, whack. And I'm like, well, I've never turned my neck that way before. <laughs> it actually went over there. He's like, feels probably a little bit weird, doesn't it? It's like, yeah, I've never had to worry about what was happening behind and me. And did you hit it low? Like you hit it on the ground almost? And then? Uh, not on the ground. So I had my seven iron in my hand oh, yeah, okay. at that time. So okay. no, it wasn't on the ground, but it was it was probably lower than I normally hit a seven mm-hmm. iron because I wasn't leaning back and yep. scooping the shit out of it. Um, so yeah, it was just like consistently bringing it over there, bring it over there. And so anyways, that's all we, he's like, we're not touching a driver for a bit. We're going to start with our short clubs and work our way back. Cause that's the, the hardest ones. He's like, so awesome. you're going to leave that driver in your bag for a while. And, um, well, so that's yeah. fun going out again today. And he told me to bring like, bring a five wood. We'll start there when we're starting okay. to get out of the irons. We'll start with the, the five wood before you get to the driver. So got anyways. a couple comments here from he Mark fantastic. Westrom. He says, you'll be all ready for a Saskatoon and Canos. Kenosi tournaments, yeah. and then uh, he also says, look at Wade sitting there looking like the expert, which I guess he could be considered sitting next to Shane. Yeah, so Saskatoon's <laughs> coming up in a hurry. That's next Thursday. Yeah. Um, I am registered for that one. I have another lesson tonight, and then I'll probably go up there and hit the driving range a few times next week when I'm in Saskatoon because I'm going up Monday. Yep. And then, so I'll probably, like, go out and hit the driving range a couple nights next week and work on that swing a little bit. So... <laughs> Thursday could either be a mildly improved golf game <laughs> or it could be completely off the rails because I've changed everything that I know. It will <laughs> so be completely off the rails because <laughs> yeah. you will have changed yeah. everything yeah. you know. So it feels good when he said, well, even after I like, I, I took some shots with the golf pro and then I had a few balls left and when the time was up and he's like, just go over there and f- keep practicing that swing. I walk away from him, go stand over by myself at the public part of the range and start swinging at balls. And it's just like, nope. Cause now I'm not, now I'm, I'm not like, I think with him, you're like, you're just paying more attention and you're not trying to crush it. And you're just like, you're trying to listen to the instruction and just like do the motion properly. And as soon as you get away from him watching you, it's like, all right, (laughs) grip and rip this shit. And then it doesn't work again. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yep. It's interesting. Okay. Um, Today's podcast, we, uh, we've tried to, can you turn my volume up in my mind just a little bit? Um, On my, on my headset. Sorry. The, um, 
topic today was going to be around like getting Q&A, but we kind of had that idea come up late and we didn't get a whole lot of questions, but we got enough that we'll go through them right now before we get into what topic spun out of that and what we're actually going to talk about today. So Kyler, okay. if you want to, we posted for some questions yeah. on YouTube and on Instagram and there was a few that came up. So, so there's a couple on Instagram. I'll start with Instagram. Do you want me to do the, the ones that are jokes? Or? Yep. Well, let's hear it all. Okay. Uh, Justy Chapman says... These were not uh, filtered anyway, so hopefully there's nothing too derogatory. She asked, uh, why you guys haven't committed to using Just for Men's yet? Mm, that would be my sister. She's probably talking about our beards and how gray they are. I guess I would have the same question for her. Why has she not used Just for Men on her facial hair? I'd be curious about uh, that too. TC Detts <laughs> uh, asked Wade's opinion on building inspectors, which I'm assuming was to rile him up. There we go. Yep. Pass. Yeah, pass <laughs> Next question. Okay. Yeah. Uh, family Plumbing <laughs> asked, what is the worst customer built deck you've seen that the customer thought was well-made? Okay. And so that's, that's the one that we, we decided we'd spin an entire episode off that question. Yeah. Um, so we'll come back to that one. Let's move to the, the other ones here that we have. Cause we're going to, while Kyler's looking them up, we decided that we're going to take that. Cause I don't know what that answer is. I couldn't think of one one for sure, but I, we're like, well, there's a bunch of shit we've seen that's not right. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that. Yeah. Not necessarily that the customers we're all proud of, but like things that we've just seen in person. And then the YouTube comments, uh, one of them was asking about debt privacy streams. That's all it says is debt privacy streams. Oh yeah. We have that option yeah. online. So I guess we can talk about that one a little bit. De I, I assume the question is like, what are the options for debt privacy screens maybe? Yeah, something. Like I would that. say that we have three really they can be anything that's why it's a hard question to answer and that's mm -hmm. why it's a hard thing to look up yourself because like there's a lot of things you could do but the three most common that we have are the uh, aluminum laser cut decorative powder coated screens yeah and those like the brand we carry is called oasis uh, the another big brand that people know is hideaway screens they're just like a three foot wide by a six foot tall thin aluminum coated powder coated to black or white sometimes brown uh, mounted between two aluminum posts or wood posts, whatever you want. Mm -hmm. And so those are extremely popular because you can get different designs and stuff cut into them. Well, th like yeah. they're stock designs, but you can mm -hmm. get different looks, different colors. Limitation is that they're only three feet wide. Yeah, there's which that. Which is a little bit tricky when you start looking at doing an eight foot deck or a 10 foot deck. 10 foot actually works, but... With the posts, yeah. Yeah, 12 foot deck doesn't work that great. It certainly doesn't always work because how you can kind of play with it a little bit is you can mount the screens between the posts which are three inches. Most common. So it's like, you're like three feet and three inches and three feet and three inches and three feet and three inches and three each, like three inches. Yeah. If that doesn't work, sometimes you can not mount between the posts and you can face mount them to the posts or back mount them to the posts, mm -hmm. right on the posts themselves. If mm -hmm. the deck was 12 feet, then maybe you could make that work by just butting everything really tight, but it would still be, it would be still an awkward space to do that. But yep. you could maybe make it work. Mm -hmm. Not great. So, and then Hoft is an option, mm -hmm. which is the, the post where the boards slide in between that. I really like, like they that drop system. Yeah. I was at a house today, this morning, actually, that I I didn't like that. So Didn't like the Hoff? Yeah, some of the boards are falling out because the it was a Hoff post and then a post from the house. And obviously, it was one of our contractors that did it, did the install. And so we have to redo it. But the dimension at the bottom is different than the dimension at the top. So it's 47 and a half is how long the boards need to be at the bottom yeah. and 48 at the top. And okay. He went 47 and a half, cut them all, 
dropped them all in, walked away. It was like, good. And then they've blown out now. And the homeowner was like, they blew out. I was like, well, that's impossible. So the tooth and the spacer was never catching the boards to begin with or what? Yeah, it must not have been. So there's like a slight flex in the in the post. Like the post is wobbled just a little bit. And then the board flexed a bit. And so right, it's on like, it's on the, uh, in Harbor Landing in Regina. And they have a north wind and the house is facing west. And the wind just like. It right howls right in there, and so, right. anyways, they're taking the. So well, when installed we'll properly, <laughs> yeah, we'll get out. Uh, we'll get out and fix that. But it looks great, great; like it looks fantastic. It's it probably is. one of the most DIY friendly products out there. Like, you mount, if you can mount the post plum, which sounds like maybe somebody can't. Well, maybe it, it was, and it blew out. Yeah, of who plum. knows what it was? If the post was on a plum, or if it's the six by six on the house? Because, like I said, it's post, post, and then like roof support. Six oh, by six roof I see. Support, and that's right? the one where it's well. This one is good and has no issues. This one has issues. Gotcha. So almost for sure, our guy put the post in level. Right. But then didn't measure between. Like almost for sure. That that wood post in the corner holding the roof up may not have been plumbed up is what yeah, you're saying. Something. Looks yeah. like it's out of half an inch. Yeah. Okay. Well, if it is installed all plumb and everything it the system's super simple you mount your posts you cut your boards you drop them into a channel and then there's the little spacers that go between each board and they have a little tooth on them that bites into the boards so that the boards don't wobble or rattle or yep. fall out so <laughs> usually. good and you just drop that all until you get to the top and then you screw in a little set screw to hold everything tight and tap your cap on and away you go it's like it's super slick it looks great can fit any one inch thick decking so whether you want to use treated decking for a budget option or Wolf PVC for a premium look. Like, you can put anything in there, so they're pretty versatile as well. Yep. Uh, and then the accessories that go onto them, I think, are what really sets it apart. Yes. These little planters behind us. Well, this is Hoft right behind us. If people are watching on YouTube, this is the Hoft wall behind us. Um, there are shelves and towel hooks and planters and these things you can put on it to really kind of, like, liven up the walls a little bit. And yeah. I think they add quite a bit of character to it, so. Yeah, they're good. Windbreak, allow a little bit of airflow. Yep. And then... Quite private. What was... Most common and still common now before we had these things was just like six foot tall or five foot tall glass in mm. standard railing systems, aluminum railing systems. So Regal makes a five foot tall. It's supposed to be a pool wall, not supposed to be installed elevated, but I think people do all the time. Um, Century makes a six foot tall one that can be installed elevated. And you just pick your flavor of glass, whether that's going to be like a frosted glass or a textured glass of some sort or a, a colored tint or something or clear if you really want, if all you're going for is windbreak. Um, and those are a good privacy option too. And then, of course, there's all sorts of things you can do just with, with wood if you wanted to. Um, manufacture your own cedar privacy wall in whatever style you want if you like. But if you're looking for an out-of-box solution, the Oasis privacy screens, the Hoff solutions, and the... You know, those glass privacy walls are probably the three most common that we deal with on a day-to-day -day basis, so. <laughs> Anyways, what were we talking about? Uh, there's one more question on the YouTube channel. Uh, oh, so, uh, Justin Richardson asked about second-story decks attached to brick or stucco. Mm, mm-hmm, mm. So it's funny when you ask for questions and people who ask questions, they just make statements. Privacy walls! <laughs> yep. <laughs> Second story decks on brick. Mm -hmm. yeah. Presumably asking how to connect them. I am assuming. Yeah, there's two different two different building envelopes there, so two different answers for that, I guess. Yeah. The question we asked was, "What do you want to hear us talk about?" 
Oh, well, that's your fault then. You didn't ask for a question. You asked for statements. Well, hey, man. <laughs> it's his first day. First day. So, second story, there's a few complications in this right here, actually. What do you want to do? Start with stucco? Call an inspector. <laughs> yeah, that's what I want to do. <laughs> I want to call an inspector. Get him to give me some advice. Good luck so with that. A lot of people, uh, how do we do this? With stucco, so stucco's are pretty common, and there's nothing special required to stucco, no fa special fasteners. It's the same as if the house was vinyl. You remove the siding, and you leg bolt your ledger board to the house. Yeah, I don't know that I would. So we were at a house just recently, and we attached a uh, ledger onto a house that had finished stucco, and I didn't remove anything from there. And I used to, yeah. I'd rather space that off the stucco and let the moisture go through. The envelope yeah. sealed, leave it. Yeah. Don't cut into that. That's just asking for shit to go wrong. Yeah, the, the textbook proper way that you're supposed to do it is to cut that stucco out, cut the wire out, leave the paper intact somehow as you're cutting through right. three quarters inch-ish of ish. stucco. That's the best part. Could be inch. inch, could be half. Yeah. Set your blade depth and let her buck. And then take a... Uh, take a flashing, an aluminum flashing, put that up behind the paper and then tape it. But all the while, the stucco wire is still stapled on the house and you absolutely cannot get that flashing up there. You yeah. can't. It's not possible. Yeah. So, so then... Well, you, have you ever seen when they cut the girl like, in half? Like the, yeah. the metal object goes through the yeah, thing? You got to do that. Same. So then you try to pry those staples out, but that doesn't always work. And then the stucco starts to fall off the house. And then now you get to do a stucco repair because yeah. Anyways, your end, you never get it sealed properly. Like you never get it back to as good as it was. So stand the ledger off the house and then fasten it to the, to the floor system that way. Yeah. I was never a fan of doing that either because of all those reasons. Like you're just like, it's just a fight that like, <laughs> that you lose to your point you can't really get the flashing slid up there because there's all sorts of nails and stuff in the way and so then so sure some guys will cut above that and do a stucco repair but like you're not doing that flawlessly you'll nope. see that yeah and so so there is like a drawing there is a plan that they should put in place in the like code book or the inspectors like these super wise knowledgeable reasonable people that come out and inspect your deck mm-hmm there should be a set of plans for if it's a new build and you know you're going to put the ledger on the house at that time, then I think the right way to do that is flashing and tape and then house wrap. and Because yep. you have the opportunity to do that properly. So do it then. That's right. And if you can't do it then, then don't do that. Right. Because it's worse. It's like, nope, the book says this is how it is. So what you're suggesting is is standing the ledger off the house a little bit to allow airflow and water flow behind the ledger. And you can use it, like there's products out there like those deck to wall spacers that are, yes. like they're manufactured for this exact purpose. That's correct. Or you can use any like PVC product, any like hard solid core PVC product behind it. Like anything that's impervious to moisture to stand the deck off and, and allow that airflow yeah. behind, allow keep the water it, to pass behind. Like keep it half an inch off or a quarter inch off the stucco. Yep. And so I remember we, we managed a, an install a couple of years ago probably three or four years ago um, with a house that had this, but they had the rigid foam insulation. So that's when mm. that's when you're, when stucco is not a, like when it's not a great idea, just to slag that thing over top of the stucco yep. is if there's rigid foam insulation behind it, cause that'll compress and mm -hmm. whatever. But we took it to an engineer and been like, how do, would you like this attached? Because there is rigid foam back there. Yep. Um, we don't want to cut that all out, et cetera. And they suggested it was basically, they wanted to cut out like, standoffs again essentially 
but that the standoff had to get back to the, the structure of the house. So you had, to, you had to cut your hole just enough to allow the, the spacer, the standoff that you're using to slide into the hole. And then the, the board would compress against that instead of compressing the rigid foam. Correct. And that was an approved engineered stamped way of going about doing that too. So, yeah. so same thing, just shorter scale. Right. Exactly. Um, the other option is to not attach it and just to put a second beam at the house, unless it's a walk, you know, it might be a walkout in this case. So maybe they don't want that, but um, you could just not rely on attaching to the house for that. Then you could, if you can. didn't like that, you could look at using some steel framing because your spans can be a little bit further in between posts. Right. And so yep. that would help. Yep. And then when it comes to brick, so this is really kind of depends on where you are. Um, some places are pretty, they don't want you to attach to brick at all. Some places are okay with you attaching to brick with their, um, like they'll have a diagram in their in their permanent application or building process that shows you like, oh, we want you to use whatever it is, five-eighths leg bolts drilled through, clear hole, kind of similar to what we just talked about with the standoff in that capacity so that you're not, you're transferring that connection through the brick and into the solid framing behind because most brick is just a veneer. It's not Correct. structural in any way. You're not supposed to attach to it necessarily. Yeah, it's just glued, like it's essentially glued onto the house. Yeah. And so the other option, which is accepted, per, like all these brackets are available in the U.S. They were available here, but now they're not anymore, is the Simpson brick veneer ledger connectors. Yeah. And so Simpson has designed and engineered and released a connector meant for attaching through brick and through, uh, like I'm not going to pretend I understand how it works with the brick, but... They've managed to transfer the loads through the brick into the house without popping the brick off or with a, like through angled yeah. leg bolts and this this little ratcheting connector system thing. Like it's really it's a like it's a, it's a piece of art. This little bracket, um, but apparently they work great. A lot of people that have used them love them and they like and they're fine. Um, but Simpson is now no longer selling them in Canada because their engineering that they went and got or something was missing one detail about diaphragm loading or something, whatever the hell that means. <laughs> and so they pulled them off the market in Canada, but they're still available in the U S. So you could use those if you're in a market where they'll let you use them. Um, we had sold a ton of them into Ontario where they were, they were allowed to use them and they were, it was all good, but yep. um, now we can't get them anymore. So there's that option. Hmm. Or again, don't connect to those. So, yep. but that's one where you better just check through your local building department because the rules around brick are likely to be quite different from place to place. So, yeah. Um, Next. Levi is surprised that you're actually answering his facetious question about the building <laughs> inspectors by accident. We came back around to yeah. it somehow. Okay. Is there any other questions that came in through Instagram or YouTube? Uh, Simcoe Detch asked about Vegas Dead Expo. I saw that Vegas Deck Expo, that Nadra just today sent out an email that they've got their official hotel now released in a yeah, block of rooms set off. Our buddy Keith booked himself a room. He posted on Facebook, said, booked my rooms for Vegas. Okay. So I saw that email today. Uh, Simcoe's presumably asking. <laughs> it's like, yeah, nobody knows how to ask a question. They just, Vegas Deck Expo. Yes. Also interested, Mike. Happening. Yep. Are we going? Uh, so quite likely we're going. How many um, days earlier are we going? We've not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know where we're not going through? Can we go direct? <gasps> I who oh so Mark Westrom was just through Toronto, wasn't it? It sounds like he just about moved there. Yeah, I feel sorry for you. <laughs> he got stuck in the airport too. Did you oh read his God. story? Probably not. No. It was in Facebook to us. 
And I just saw another <laughs> Instagram video from somebody, I don't even know that, maybe it was TikTok, but somebody that was in uh, Toronto that got messed up there too. Like everybody's getting messed up going through Toronto. So yeah, I think we're planning on going to Deck Expo. We haven't booked anything yet. Um, haven't really thought too much about it, to be honest. I guess it's probably closer than we really yeah. Yeah, it's only think. Three months like August. Right. Is it November? I think that's what I heard. It's Yeah, November like 13th August. to the 17th or something. October. So it's like not even four months away. I land. I think we land back here the day before moose season opens. Oh, yeah, we're going. And Hold we're on. Coming back to go to Grey Cup with Jason. <laughs> right. I forgot about the whole plan. <laughs> it was your plan. I forgot about the plan that we put together here. Uh, yeah, we're supposed to go into Deck Expo. Yeah. And then there's a group. And Mike was in this conversation, the guy that actually asked a question. Uh, and then Grey Cup is happening. I think that Deck Expo is like what? Monday to Wednesday or something? Is that yeah. right? And Grey Cup week is that week. Yeah. With the Grey Cup game happening on Sunday. Yes. And so uh, we started to spitball. It was like, holy smokes, like if we're all getting together somewhere, maybe it should be at Grey Cup. Um, so most of these guys are going to be down at Deck Expo. And so some have already booked their flight. I don't know if they booked flights, but they're planning on coming. They've bought their tickets to the game to come back to Regina after Deck Expo, so go to Vegas, then to Regina, and spend whatever, four or five days here oh boy. doing Grey Cup. That really? Week. Now, many people might be unfamiliar with what Grey Cup is We're or gonna why you'd want to do that. We're going to put together a plan to like showcase our town. Right? Yeah. So I've, In November. I've been to Montreal, and Eric like took me on a guided tour of his town. and was like, here's my favorite places in Montreal. This is what you need to see. Yeah. Like, it was fantastic. Yeah. Well, there you go. You got four months to plan it. Uh, put it on the list yeah, of things luck. I need to show good people. Luck with that. Yeah. So, it's Grey Cup is... We'll like, go to the Science Center. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> the Super Bowl of the of the CFL. Is what, like, the easiest way for an American audience to understand what it is. It's the Super Bowl of the Canadian Football League. Um, it's fantastic. Because unlike the Super Bowl, it's not this, like, giant multi-billion dollar corporate event where the average person can't even go to the game or can't... There's no events for like average people. This is all about it's a week long party, and they set up these pavilions sometimes all around town. But in Regina, it's actually quite nice because they usually use the, the the real campus where we've got all these rinks and like sporting facilities, and they do it all in there. So every team has its own pavilion party place with live bands and booze, of course, and also and it's all connected. So if it happens to be ugly outside uh, with weather, then you don't have to go outside. You can just party for a week straight and there'll be like, I don't know, there's always tons of stuff going on. I haven't been to Grey Cup since 2003, so I shouldn't, like, I don't, mm-hmm. but when I did go, it was freaking awesome. And I know there's people yeah. that travel the country to go to it every year because it's such a massive party. Yeah, and so we have a couple of different strips in town where there's like a strip that has kind of five or six bars on it and then another one in a, another area close has a strip that has five or six bars. And so those streets, they do it up as well, right? They have extended hours and they're like... They also bring in bands, and so you can either go to the pavilions or you can just be around town anywhere. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah. So definitely worth uh, going to, even if it didn't happen to line up with something else. It's like it's just a great touristy mm-hmm. event to go to. And then the game. <laughs> Not to forget the game, but then That's the like game. That's the least exciting part, I think. <laughs> right. The whole week of partying and all the events leading up to it are always like, it's a pretty big deal. And then the game is on the Sunday. Uh, we've got some tickets still left. I bought a bunch for people, anticipating people would be coming. Some of them were chosen. I think I have three left. So if anybody's wanting to go partake in this, Jason Meyer from Fortress is coming out from Toronto for sure. 
you, me, our wives, and there's a few other guys that are in that chat that haven't officially committed yet, but they're thinking about it. So we're hoping to get a group of maybe eight or 12 of us or something like that up here, or 20, <laughs> like whoever decides to come. The more the merrier. But act fast because the Grey Cup, I don't think there's much for tickets left, but I've got a few. So Okay. We'll so make we'll that sell them on the yeah. black market and get rich. Right? There you go. Scalp them. Um, we booked the, our, the tickets in the uh, pill, cu- uh, pill country. Pill zone. Oh, pill zone. So standing area only. It's a bit of wait. debauchery down there. Yeah. And so they were cheaper there. And that's where the biggest party will be is in that zone. So yeah, it'll be fantastic. Levi says uh, we should go coyote hunting in southern Utah while oh. you're in Vegas, Wade. Sure. And then you could come up here in November and we'll go coyote hunting then. Yeah. Out of Wade's backyard. They yeah. tend to roll through Harbor Landing like it's their home before it was uh, there like, or something. Check mark in. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Okay. Is that it? Can That's we? Yeah. 38 minutes more. Um, the topic was spun off the question before of what's the worst, I'm paraphrasing, but what's the worst deck you've ever seen that the customer was like proud of that they thought they had done a great job? Yep. So I think his, yeah. I think his was like customer built it and was like, look at this. And you're like, holy shit. So I, I don't know that I can think of a, of that exact scenario. Well, I think you and did I'm, that actually. I, I do think that you <laughs> listed one on here where the customer was so proud of it. And I was just like, this is, is this one that you mentioned. No, you did no, I don't Anyways, know go through it anyway. So, but what we thought about was some of the crazier stuff that we've seen in person. There's of course, lots of like folklore about decks gone yeah. bad and pictures you've seen on the internet, but this is stuff we've actually talked to the person about. Yep. And so ready. Number one is pallet decks. Wade, you said you've literally been in a person's house or what? That, that built a deck out of pallets. Yep. It's not just a Pinterest thing. Yeah. But typically it ends up being like, it's not a, it's not an elevated deck, right? It's usually kind of like, patio. Yeah. It's a pallet patio is what it is. Right. Sure. And then they screw it all together and then they're like. Yeah, and then you know what? Like I took these fence boards and I just screwed the fence boards onto the top and it looks so good. It's so good. It's like, it's not good. So I've for sure had people ask us for pallets with the intent of doing this. I've never seen the result of it, mm-hmm. but it's like, uh, yeah, I guess there's a stack of pallets up front. Knock your boots off. Yeah. Knock your socks off. But this is not a good idea. And then he was so excited about it. Actually, it was he was going to do it for another cabin that he had. He had it. He's like, do you have more pallets at your place, actually? Because, like, I didn't get the pallets from you. I just got them from wherever. But, like, I could maybe pick some pallets up from you guys, and then I could do this again. I was like, yeah. Yeah, we have pallets outside the building all the time. You could certainly pick them up. So so thank Pinterest for this one because it's a Pinteresty thing to do. People make shit out of pallets all the time, and patios and decks are one of those things, I guess. I suppose if you just need a... I don't know, very short-term, temporary, ground level, get out of the mud, um, beside your camper, um, tearing it out in three months, then sure. Sure. Put some pallets down and top it with something, I guess. Fence boards. Uh, second one we had was face-screwing hollow decking. Oh, yeah. So, first mistake, using hollow decking. So, I went to a guy's house, and he needed to purchase. He wanted me to come out and have a look at his deck. And he was thinking he needed to purchase new boards for the stairs. And I was like, well, what are you talking about? He's like, well, my stairs are all like loose. The Like the boards are all loose. And so I went out and sure enough, that's what had happened. He bought 99 cent composite decking from one of the box stores. And 
face screwed it. And then over time, the screws popped through that top eighth inch material. And yeah, like, of course they would. So, like, I've never understood what the manufacturer even even suggests in that case. Yeah, it was on the stairs and it just like broke right through the top. And he was like, this is not good. Like, they're all loose. And I was like, "Mm -hmm." these boards, like, we rag on them from time to time. The profiles we post about it on our Instagram, we'll post every once in a while the picture, the graph. Yeah. Of the different types of decking profiles and which ones to be like, stay away from the hollow core where there's like literally nothing in it. And it's just like this. Yeah. Eighth inch. It, yeah, it's probably not much more than an eighth of an inch <laughs> material around the outside with these little ribs in the middle for, to, so it doesn't collapse on its own weight. There's a couple of ribs in there. Yeah. These hollow channels. And then where you buy it from is like the box stores and then they sell clips. It's like, use these clips. It's like, great. But what about the places where you can't use clips? your perimeter or your stairs or wherever, what are you supposed to do that? Cause there's no way a screw will hold in that. You should go to the ultimate deck shop and get real boards for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's anyways. So I'm well, glad to hear that that is what happens. People, <laughs> you actually did put a screw in it and it failed. Weird. Yeah. yeah. Not good. Um, number three was, Oh, this one was one of our favorite. We got to witness this one firsthand stapling. And we've talked about it before too, stapling down wolf PVC decking or any PVC decking. Yeah, so the problem was the guy didn't use long enough staples. <laughs> yeah, right? clearly. Like, the boards were an inch thick. Yeah. And he used an inch and a quarter staple. I think you'd at least use a two-inch staple. Right? Well, that. that's the rule. You, twice the length of what you're fastening. So if hey, you don't got to tell me. I wouldn't have done that same mistake. Right? I, I probably would use a two-and-a-half-inch staple. That's right. And if you use a two-and-a-half-inch staple, she, that... We wouldn't be talking about this right now. Nope. We never would have known. So... <laughs> <laughs> But but we did find out because the boards fell off the framing. <laughs> so, and the homeowner came in and brought a board and was like, so I had a contractor buy some decking from you and this is how he fastened it. And she showed us the board and we were like, no, that's a joke. He I think not. you, yeah, I think you, I don't think I was there when she came in. I think you, I, I feel like I came in later and you handed me the board and I was like, I likely would have driven to any town within two hours to show you that board. (laughs) What is this? (laughs) It's a deck board. I know, but what? Why does it have a staple? Stapled on the wall. Like it was like a sample or something or what? No, that was on somebody's deck. Yeah. What do you mean? (laughs) Like (laughs) they stapled it on the deck, Shane. No. Mm -hmm. Yep. And so she wanted to know. No, I don't believe you. (laughs) She wanted to know if we could give her a deal on the deck boards because she was going to have to buy them again. And I said no. So maybe there's people out there that don't understand why this is a bad idea. Maybe there's some. So go to it. We'll Tell explain them. it. Yeah, yeah. For sure there are. We joked about it there's at first. There's a contractor that did sure. this. Yeah. So a homeowner, it could. Yeah. Most of them might not know why, why this is a bad idea. So why it's a bad idea. First of all, Wade's point is actually a legit point. It, the, they weren't long enough. <laughs> That's not the only reason. The, the solution wasn't to use a, a longer staple, but certainly... If you're gonna use any fastener, it's gotta get into the substructure more than a quarter inch. Like th- these were inch and a quarter staples, inch decking. Like it barely, it barely even got into the wood. It was there long enough to tack it in place <laughs> like, temporarily. No kidding, man. This guy, like, it lasted Same long season, enough for him it? to get off the deck. Yeah. Is how long that was there. Yeah. So like, it was three days after he left. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's. I don't know if that's the first problem. That's one of the problems. The second is. The, a staple's not designed in any way to like... There's no ACQ approved staple. Well, there's that too. I wasn't <laughs> even going to go there yet. But yeah, 
Like, he could have used a stainless staple, I suppose, which would have been better. But it, what he did use was just a regular interior, like, staple. So that's, Ground like, stapler. if that would have lasted longer than three days, it would have eventually rusted off and fell and broke anyway. Mm-hmm. And it would have been off regardless of how long the staple was. The other problem is that that cap stock on, the, on a PVC deck board is, like, it's hard on purpose. And when you staple it with two little holes and then, and then like the middle of the staple, like compresses it, it just like chips and cracks the surface. It's not mm-hmm. like it's, there's no cutter on it designed to like cut the material out and let the screw go in cleanly and finish smoothly. It just blasts a hole through it and like breaks the, sh- breaks the stuff. And then, so like it was ugly as all sin too. Like it wasn't like that was supposed to be the, the non-suspect way of <laughs> like, that wasn't <laughs> a hidden fastener by any means. It just blew the board up. And then, uh, is that, I don't know, maybe that's the three main reasons why you do it. But it's certainly not hidden, and it doesn't hold. So... Well, yeah, there's no, like, it has no, like, it's not gripping to the framing at all, right? It's all smooth shank. Yeah. So there's no holding power at all yeah. in that staple. Like, you could, even if it was a four-inch long staple, you could grab that board and lift it out. <laughs> like, yeah. if you ever pull baseboards off, it'd be that, but, like, yeah. outside, so even easier. So don't staple your decking down. It's uh, I, like I'm still shocked by that one that even that anybody would even think that that was the like. How do you walk to your trailer and have all the shit in there that you could use, and the and the crown staplers one you pull out? Like he no doubt had a handful of screws from something, drywall screws. That would have been better. I, Inch yeah. and a quarter drywall screws. That would have been better. Yep. <laughs> so it's like. Mm, screws no that's not the right type of screw that one's like here we go i would he like uh, you just bought a brand new boss stitch and we're just yeah. itching to use it or? Yeah. <laughs> yeah pretty crazy stuff uh <laughs> number four i went to a buddy's house one time i used to work with and he's like i think i need some help with my deck i like it needs some support i think and i was like okay and he's like yeah the posts underneath are loose and i was like loose okay and i show up and there's like i think there's i can't remember if there's six or eight there's two beams and six or eight posts and footings there, and three of them are laying in the ground. <laughs> when I got there, I was like, "What the, what the hell?" So the ground had obviously, like, first of all, no piles. This was just sitting on blocks with adjusters. Yeah, but that's okay. That's an approved method here. <laughs> yeah, no, no attachment from the post to the beam. That's not so. Good. At one point, the beam was just like its weight was sitting on to keep these things. Then the post well, goes down, like sits super in the saddle. heavy. Like, where is it going to go? <laughs> yeah, where is it going to go? I, I can't remember if they maybe had like some sort of little like threaded rod at the top. I, I don't remember, but anyway, so what happened is the ground kind of settled. And of course, two of the points on the beam, each beam were carrying the load and the rest of them settled and then just like rip, <laughs> fell over because without weight on them, they weren't attached in any way. Okay. So I showed up and it was just like, yeah, boop, boop, boop. They're all laying in the ground. So I had to go in there and fix that, but it was kind of like, Come on, How, like buddy. that doesn't work anywhere, but especially here where you get three inches of travel in the ground from winter to summer. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like I've also seen it where they are attached to the posts and they're floating above the ground because yep. the ground mm-hmm. settles, but the post is at least attached to the deck and it's still floating there. You got to go in whatever, cut a longer post or something. But in this yep. case, they just fell right out because they weren't attached. It's like double problems. <sighs> Pretty interesting. This I like the idea of having some sort of adjustment on the bottom of those for anything, whether... Like, it doesn't even matter where you are. I think you should have some level of adjustment on the post. Right. Even if you've got no freeze-thaw and you're on bedrock, I'm sure things shift and move a little bit, right? Like, like After an here earthquake. is awful, but yeah. yeah. 
Uh, oh, did you add a seismic seven, grade seven, or whatever you call yep, it? Yep, seven grade. Might go out there with your... Uh, twist, twist, twist. Just twist the nut on that a little bit now. <laughs> this one was one of my favorites. Uh, the next two are a couple of my favorites. Plywood framing for stair lining. That's I, the guy that was so proud. Yeah, and he was proud about this. He right. was proud of the idea that he had come up with. Yep. And he was like, he was proud that he was going to pull it off, and he was proud that he found a solution that nobody else could find for him. And if I recall... His reason for wanting to do this was because if he used steel, which is obviously something he w- was considering, we can like steel frame weld or something like that, that the screws for the, that go into the deck boards would be too long and they would hit the steel and and that wouldn't work. And he didn't want to strap it out with wood or something. I can't remember why, how he ended up here. But this was his thought process was like, none of these proper solutions are going to work because of the screws. So I'm going to come up with this improper solution. So what he was going to do was take three quarter inch plywood, I think it I think it was two quarter inch, hopefully at least. It was three quarter inch. I remember it. And this was a stair landing. I don't know how big it was. I feel like it was like, must have been more than four or five feet out and whatever, six feet wide or something. And then it down was, into a set of stairs. It was uh, four feet high, just under four feet high. Sheet of plywood high. And eight feet long. Sheet of plywood long. <laughs> this so was the solution. At least. His idea was he was going to trace out the entire framing in one piece out of a sheet of plywood. So from the connection to the house, four feet out as his joist, yep. and then it would go straight into the stair stringers yes. in one piece, yes. which you've seen that with, with steel tubing before. I've seen people do mm-hmm. lines like that. But he was going to cut these all out of plywood. And then he like... No, was going to. <laughs> he did do this. Didn't <laughs> he, he come did. back and he bought railing too afterwards? Is that the I'm same sure guy? he did. Tope railing. Yep. And so... Uh, yeah, I never saw it afterwards, but this was his idea. And I just remember sitting there when he's trying to explain it. Or maybe you were explaining to me. And again, in those moments, it's like, I don't understand. What do you mean? Like, because in my head, I'm like, I hear what you're saying, but there's no way that that's what... I don't even want to repeat this back to you to make sure I'm understanding. So he needed it sounds to make, so dumb. He needed to make sure <laughs> that the joists were strong. So he had an eight inch joist. That's like what happened with the plywood. He cut it so that it was eight inches tall and then like the bottom of the joist and transition to the bottom of the stringer. Yeah. It just became an angle and then the plywood went across and then down yeah. seven and a quarter and out 10 down seven and a quarter. Yeah. It was like, it was one eight foot long deck. Yeah. Wild. Joist and stringer. It's probably still standing. <laughs> it's probably when he told that me that was like it, six, seven years ago. I ended up, I like, so he showed it to me. He told me what he was going to do. He drew it out on a piece of paper and I was like, okay, and then I tried to convince him to do that, like to do two of them together, because you like I wasn't talking him out of it. He was like, "Nope, this is the this is the best goddamn idea anybody's <laughs> ever had," and I'm doing it. Well, you <laughs> should do this. Nope, not doing that because the screws are too long. And I was like, "Okay, okay, well, it's only three quarters of an inch thick. You should at least do two of those for every strip you're doing, and then screw them together, like glue them and screw them together." And then in my head, I'm like. Now he's got a laminated joist. Yeah. Right? I was like, maybe there's some strength here. Yeah. Uh, and he was like, uh, nope, that's going to cost too much. So I'm just going to do this three-quarter inch. That's it. He was like, it can't bend. It's so strong. I was like, okay. Are we going to seal the top of those? Nope. Okay. Anyways, uh, we may have moved, so you'll have to Google us when you go to do this deck again. But come see me. And we'll get you some more <laughs> plywood and we'll do it again. It brings up a uh, recent point that um, Scott from Fortress asked recently. He's got this situation on his hands right now where oh, yeah. 
there's some contractors totally out of his out of his element on this one big project. Like he's just it's in over his head big time, and there's a lot of issues popping up already before they've even started. And Scott's like, I don't know what to do here. Like, would you guys ever tell somebody you you wouldn't sell the material because what they're about to do with it is like it's not good. And and I he's like, as a retailer, would you guys do that? And I was like, Tim, no, I wouldn't because it's we we're retail. We're not involved in the project aside from selling people materials they tell us they need. And so, no, I don't get involved enough to know exactly what they're doing. And nor do I feel like I'm in a position where it's like, I will not sell to you if you're going to do it like that. Like, no, we don't. Yeah, because we've but done, like I've this, recommended. There was your chance. Yeah, <laughs> I've recommended against it. I've done all kinds of reasons why you shouldn't do that. Yeah. Um, the other thing that happens a lot here is that people bring hangers back. They bring all the hangers back. Yeah. And they're or at like, least the fasteners for them all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, here, you can have this back. I'm like, like, why do I have all this back? I sent that out because you needed that. And they're like, ah, I didn't need that. Well, well, of course you needed it. Now I'm doing it a different way. Certainly. And so then what do you do? Like, you, am I going to pick a fight with that guy? Yeah. No. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks. Return the product and send them on their way. Yeah. Certainly we, I mean, you and I aren't in the sales for much anymore at all, but certainly we've had a lot yeah. of, a lot of experience, uh, talking people out of bad ideas, but if they're not willing to take your advice and they've already got their mind made up and they're just there standing there saying, I need 16 of these and 15 of these and a box of clips. You better sell them that. You sell them what they're asking for. Yep. But if they're asking for advice, like I'm about to do this, what do you think? And it's like, okay, well, no, I wouldn't do it like that. Yeah. Like I just had this conversation last week with the guy. He's like, here's what I'm going to do. And I was like, okay, well, just so you know, if you're planning to get this inspected or if it ever does get inspected, what you're suggesting you're going to do will not fly so you should just know that up front your house you do you yeah but just a heads up that that's not how the city's gonna want you to do that yeah oh what do you mean it's like and then he's like well i don't imagine we'll ever like no i wasn't gonna get, get a permit and i was like okay it was like it was ground level anyway so it's, he beat like sas team's eight inches so it's almost impossible to build a deck under eight inches unless it's a pallet deck mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, okay, maybe you could get away with that one anyway, but it was also going to have like a roof structure on it and everything else. And it's like, at some point you're not going to be below eight inches. And technically probably they would say you need a permit for this. Mm-hmm. I was like, the only chance you probably get caught is if you have a really, like really crappy neighbor who calls you in on that. And his wife kind of looks at him, looks at me. She's like, we have that neighbor. Like, <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Well then you might want to do that a little bit differently then I guess. Cause like maybe you run into this. Anyway, so we always try to help people do things better, but um, at the end of the day, it's their project that they're building on their house, and like, you do you. The building inspector won't even tell them what not to do, so I'm sure as heck not going to. They won't. They'll tell (laughs) them when it's wrong. Yeah. They will only show up after the work. Another one I experienced. Like a blister. We all know how we feel about (laughs) blisters. Right? Another one I experienced uh, (laughs) a couple few years ago at the retail side was a customer came in to buy some decking for a set of stairs out at the cottage and they had a set of stairs that came off like a second story deck and it came, I think down to a landing and then down the rest of the way, like it was a big flight of stairs and he was just resurfacing it. The boards are all bad. Um, swore framing the, was fine. Swore the framing is fine. Framing is fine. Are fine. Um, I'm like, okay. And so he had picked out clubhouse something, a PVC board. doesn't matter what kind of board he picked out a comp or a, a maintenance-free deck board. None of them will do what he's trying to do, so it doesn't matter the brand, but yeah. uh, PVCs are more flexible, so it matters a little bit. And he was, like, he was like, I need so many of these. And I, he's like, and the fasteners to do or something. And I was like, okay, well, and then you've got, so how many stringers do you have? He's like, just two on the outside. Because I don't know, before it was two by some on there. Two by 12. Could have been. 
And so I was like, well, you're going to need to add in a couple more stringers. Like I was just, it was just from a helpful, here's how you, this installs. Like you only need to add a couple more stringers in there and you don't need these fasteners or whatever. He's like, well, no, I'm not adding any more stringers in there. I was like, well, okay. Like you, how many do you have? Two. <laughs> well, you have, like you have how, to add. Yeah. How wide? In between. Four feet. Four feet. You have to add a couple more stringers in the, in the middle. Like ideally three more stringers in the middle. Well, I don't, I shouldn't need to do that. And I was like, well, be like to install this stuff. It requires the stringers to not be more than whatever it was at the time, 11 inches, but go for 12. You'll be fine. But mm-hmm. you can't span four feet with a PVC deck board on a stair. Just not, not going to happen. Well, I don't like, I think it'll be just fine. And I was like, yeah, what do I know? Right. <laughs> like, and he's holding the two inch to two foot sample on the wall. And he's like, look how stiff this stuff is. Like this will, it'll be fine. And I was like, you're holding a two foot piece in your hands, pushing on it with your thumbs. <laughs> and even then it's bending a little bit. Can you not see that it's bending a little bit? And I was like, but what you're asking to do is take a four foot piece and put 200 pounds of weight on it, but, but flop the 200 pounds of weight on it. So it like, it lands at 300 pounds. I was like, here's what's going to happen. And so I took this two foot piece and I laid it on the, we had a ground level deck in the store. I laid like one end on this, on the, six inches off yep, on the deck yep. one on the, on the ground and I stepped on it and like I was like look I'm just pressing on this not with my whole weight I'm pressing on this with like 80 pounds of pressure on a two foot piece look how much it's flexing you're wanting to four feet with three times as much weight oh well well I don't know I think it'll be fine <laughs> I'm like what do you okay how many boards you need <laughs> like just so Why you know they, and then so the part that bugs me the most about this premium pvc board no the, where are you cheap out? the part that bugs me the most is that in a year from now he's not coming back here to buy product from us he yeah. will not walk in that door to buy a 2 by 12 because that would be embarrassing yeah to be like well you were right yeah and so you lose that not that i need to sell a 2 by 12 16 foot like we're not going to make or break our year on that like the guy should, he should have just bought it because he's going to buy it anyways. Like I right. know that's happening. And then he's going to go buy new deck boards from somewhere else. Because they're all bent. Because the ultimate deck shop sold him crap boards that they all did this. Up. They all broke. You should have been like, I'm not, yeah. No, you don't yeah. be like, I'm not telling you that. But you, like you should have told him, oh, I don't, you know, the best way to do that is to take a two by 12, screw it down and then screw this nice board to that. Yeah. I don't even recall if he ended up buying it or not. I have no idea. I just remember that. The last conversation I remember having is being like, Trying and trying and be like, no, no, you should really do this. And him just be like, nope, I don't care what you're saying. I believe that it's stiff enough. Perfect. It is. Absolutely. Here's the Cortex plugs too. These will be so sweet. Look at how great these are. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) And Wade, the final one that you brought up here was uh, railing posts screwed to just the composite. Yeah. So people do that. Composite. Yeah. Like just all the time and you see it. I don't, so I haven't seen it on a deck. I've only seen the railing laid beside the deck. Right. Because they come in here afterwards and yeah, I lost my railing in a, in a windstorm. It was kind of windy and it blew off. And I was really? Like, yeah. But it shouldn't have blown off. Show me the picture. And then the composite's all broken. I was like, oh, I know what happened. Composite's still attached to the railing post. It just Oh yeah, that too. happened? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because it was Brad nailed on. The composite had been glued and Brad <laughs> yeah. nailed. Yeah. Not crown stapled, nice, clean, smooth Brad nails. Yeah, uh, yeah, and then just ripped off. So yeah. um, that's pretty common. People don't bro- like don't block. This is for surface uh, mounted railing posts, any yes. kind. 
um, you got to have some some blocking in your framing that's all bolted in and and you're legging your surface mount post through the decking into the framing. You're not attaching to the decking, especially with composite because they're held down by clips half the time. They're clamped. That's Plastic what I always clips. tell everybody. I was like, the deck board is clamped to your deck, so don't attach to that. Yeah, because it's not it's not fastened. It's clamped. Yeah. So. But yeah, we've seen that where the the board itself just like it lifts up with the railing. The railing falls over and the board comes up with it. And yes. It's like, well, the leg bolt didn't fail. Yep. <laughs> you just didn't use a long enough one. Yeah. No blocking beneath. No blocking. It blew through and. Yep. Nightmare. Um, and then there's there's always we mentioned it earlier. There's always the people and they're pretty common. It's like my framing's fine. The framing's fine. It's all good. My framing's fine. Okay. Is it like relatively new. Yeah, it's thirty-seven years old. It's only like it's only yeah. <laughs> It's only as old as the house. <laughs> He's probably more right than the guy who was just in here who had nine-year-old framing that was fine. Sure. <laughs> 37-year-old stuff might still be better. Actually, it might be better, yeah. yeah. But I've like we've all been to that house, too, where it's like the framing's fine, I'm just doing a resurface, and you show up there, and you, you pick the framing apart with a pencil. It's like, yep, fine. That part down there is fine, and this part down on the ground here is fine now, too, and this part over here is fine, and it's all just fine. Bryce and, <laughs> like, Bryce and Kyler and I went out to a house two week. weeks ago. Two weeks ago, maybe. Yeah, two weeks ago. And I crawled under a deck and uh, we shot a video from under there. It's and I was just like, channel. here you go. Like, here are, these are things that look like they're fine, but they're not fine. And and then, yeah, we like picked parts of the deck off. It was like, this joist looks fine, but click. And it was like a chunk of it fell out. I was like, but it's not. Yeah. It's not fine. Flathead screwdriver. Go in there and poke around at things. Yeah. A fine joist isn't going to flake apart. That's right. When you poke it with a pen or a screwdriver. Yeah. So if you start poking around, and it's that that's connection between the deck board and the top of the joist is like the most susceptible. Yep. The dumb thing is we just like, somebody just posted, I can't remember who it was on TikTok, a, one of the deck builders posted a video about taping the tops of joists. I don't, I can't remember if it was G-Tape or Trex Protect or whatever it was, doesn't matter. And the comments, of course, light up with, I would say 75% of people saying like, oh, wow, I wish I knew about this when I did my deck. Seems like a great idea. Yeah. And then maybe another... 15 or 10% of people who are just like, just confused by what's going on. Yeah. Why do you need that? And then there's the other five to 10% who just don't believe that pressure treated wood rots. It's pressure treated. This is completely unnecessary. This is a cash grab. This is blah, 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 blah. You're just trying to sell a product. You're just that. And like, it's pressure treated for a reason. It'll last forever. And it's like, how can you be so stupid and yet still put that opinion out in the universe? I feel like that's how most opinions are. They like buttholes. <laughs> right? Like brown? Everyone has one and they're, they're all stained. Oh. I just, those guys drive me nuts because you'll never talk sense into those guys. They're just like, that's just their personality is to, to be devil's advocate and everything. But it's just like. But I don't know. Don't you think that how like many when times you're trying to be devil's advocate, you should back that a bit? Like, shouldn't you have like some sort of. You know what? Make, know, make a point that like, I don't think it's worth doing because it's not going to add and not like have a reason not the reason is not allowed to be that pressure treated wood does not rot yeah it's not allowed to be factually incorrect <laughs> right yes it <laughs> you does know what I mean? like your opinion yeah. is your opinion isn't true like it's not true and right? it can be proven over and over again and they yeah. think that the way they prove it is asking you to prove it prove it right now okay well one dipshit I, just I, I, just I can't put a picture in the comments of a TikTok post, but 
bro, I've been doing decking stuff for 15 years. I've seen, I, I, I tear I deal with it all the time. Pressure treated decks. That's what you tear down. Rotten <laughs> pressure treated wood. It happens. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? If you've never seen it, if then you've clearly never, you know what that argument, you don't have enough experience in the industry to have an opinion on what's happening in this video. Then end of story. That's like somebody saying that, that, uh, Buildings built out of steel don't burn. That's the same. It's like, well, it's steel. It doesn't burn. Yeah. The damn the hell it doesn't. It burns. It absolutely <laughs> burns. It burns at a different flashpoint. Yeah. But metal buildings burn to the ground. Yeah. I saw a semi yesterday coming back from uh, Saskatoon. It was on the side of the road. Burnt flat to the ground. No tires. No cabs. Really? No. Like it was just a. Holy shit. There was like a. I didn't know they still made wood semis. <laughs> right. It was like a. A shell of a semi with nothing left in it. No windows, no seats, no... The engine was mostly melted and gone. The frame was gone. Like Wild. Yeah. It was like metal burns. Late, slow, eventually. Yeah. But that's like pressure-treated wood. It rots slow and eventually. Yeah. It's better than spruce, but it but it's it will burn. Or like it'll rot. It rots. It, yeah. And it'd be like it never rots. It's just like, never mind. I don't need to talk to you. The the actual treaters will tell you that it's not a lifelong product yeah. and that it's rot resistant yeah. and it's insect resistant. It's not foolproof or guaranteed f for anything. Anyways, so we've already given this guy too much. It's uh, <laughs> a little bit silly to have that argument, but that's whatever it was. Eight of our like kind of personal experience with seeing some goofy stuff out there that people try to do with their decks that... Um, you just kind of shake your head and you can't believe it, but it happens out there every day all the time. Long and weekend coming up. You only see what you see. What are you doing this weekend? Um, I don't know that I'm doing a whole lot, to be honest. I'm heading up to Saskatoon on Monday, so that's how I'm spending the last day. My family is going to their family farm on Monday because I'll be in Saskatoon for the weekend anyway. So she's gonna, my wife's going to go down with the kids at the farm. Good. And uh, I don't have plans this weekend. I'm apparently working on Saturday for a few hours. Fraser needs sounds like fun. Needs somebody. So oh, you'll be on the sales floor. Yeah, more so. chances to interact with people. Right. So what are you fun. doing? Taking uh, out your new boat. Going out to the Lake of the Prairies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Gonna go do some fishing. Maybe water ski. Lake of the Prairies, like Manitoba. Yeah. Okay. Over by Langeberg area. So that's where Aaron's family's from. Oh, I thought you were going to. Al I thought her family was in Alberta. No, she has some family in Kelowna, but they're coming home to that. Gotcha. So there's like a party in the Langenberg area for the weekend. And then after the party at Langenberg, then we'll go to Lake of the Prairies because a whole bunch of our family has cabins and stuff there. And so then we'll spend a week there. Nice. So. And you're hauling your boat there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good. So while you're gone, uh, Aaron came over and watched the baby. Tuesday. Because we went out for our Here, anniversary supper. The kid's super funny. So she sent me a picture of him sleeping and smiling. He was yeah. like a huge smile on his face. He was yeah. sleeping away. Yeah. He'll do that sometimes. It's pretty good. Uh, but we went out. We got managed to get out without the kids. And um, for the anniversary. Went to Earl's for supper. Came back home for a quick feeding. Yeah. For the baby, not for me. Yeah. And then went out to uh, Kip Moore concert. And? Uh, really, really good, actually. I don't, I couldn't have. Told you one song that he sings leading up to it. JC bought yeah. the tickets. She's a big fan. I knew that I would get there and know some of them. Like I've yep. heard, I'm sure I've heard of it. And I think radio? I only heard like two or three that I knew. 
out of the, but lots of energy. The band is fan, like they're fantastic. They sound excellent. So Their good. style of music was like, I was like, well, shit, I, I wish I would know more of these songs. I could feel myself really getting into this. They're very anthemy and like okay. almost kind of like party country in a way. Yeah. And so the one song I've come back, I've listened to it probably 10 times since Tuesday. I'm like, Which that's one? a good song. And the kids are onto it too. Not, um, yeah. uh, shoot. Wild Ones. Oh, yeah, that's a good tune. Wild Ones, good tune. I've never heard that one before. Yep. And so, but there, with, because his songs have a lot of like bass in them too. And like, the, so when you're live and you feel that, those yep. songs sound even more cool because that one's very like, has yep. the, yep. and so there was like, oh, this is really cool. And yeah. so I had to go, I had to go download it later and listen awesome. to it. So, anyways, I'm becoming a Kit Moore fan. I was trying now, to, so. and he went for two and a half hours. I was going to try and, sneak off to moose jaw last night because uh pop evil and um shoot who's the main band that was there i listened to them all morning today Mm-mm. uh i'm horrible with band names shine down so uh, never even heard of them pop yeah you have pop evil <laughs> open for shine down uh and it was like those two bands are amazing so it was a buddy of ours kelly rosner posted a story that he was taking his two sons to their very first concert, and that was the concert they were going to. So what is? And this? I was like, "Wait, what is? Is this on tonight?" And he was like, "It's on tonight." I was like, "Oh man, it's like one of my favorite bands." So shine on, shine down, shine down. Yeah. So, um, probably my favorite song from them is 45. What kind of music do they sing? Mm, it's like Theory and Nickel Creed. <laughs> <laughs> That's a that's a descriptor. Yeah. Okay. Well, do you know exactly what I've heard all their songs? Then I know all of them. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Yeah. It's like that. I'm sure I probably have. I'm just I'm really awful. I'm awful with band names. Yeah. If it ain't Garth Brooks or like ACDC, I just don't hundred percent chance that you know ten of their songs. Try down. Okay. Well, I'm gonna listen to them too. Then see how it goes. So, anyways, Kyler, what do you got? You ready to hit that button? Because you're going to piece us out here. You're going to tell us what you're, you're, you're doing this if weekend. If you can try to have like a super yes, hard yes. start I will, to the I exit will as well. <laughs> don't, no, no, no. Don't like just be like, clonk on. <laughs> <laughs> Exiting music now. It's hard because it trails in. I didn't get a debriefing. In. I just kind of, Bryce is like, this is what you do. Press the button. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I'll press the button. And then it just like blares. No dry runs. What do you got going on this weekend? I don't know. Probably going to go out to Kenosi, maybe go to the water slides with my girlfriend. Are they open? I thought they were. You they should. Might not be. You might want to double check Google that. that. Okay. Well, I don't think maybe they're not are. doing that then. I think they're closed, but certainly go to Kenosi. Family. Yeah. I got family out in Kenosi, so yep. area. Drinks I believe that the water slides have been open for about three years. Drink some busies, maybe? Reopening, they were trying to reopen and they couldn't get their their health, Sask Health, like. Oh. That was last year. And then I, as far as I know, they never ever did get it. So I don't know. Sounds I haven't right. been out there this year yet, but you should uh, call. That's where our family's yeah, from. I'll maybe call the park. Call the park office. Yeah, they'll let you know. Yeah, even though it's not in the park, they would probably still. Yeah, play. it's like yeah. one of the main attractions down there. So. Yep. Yeah, it's too bad that it hasn't managed to stay open because it, it. Somebody new bought it. Was and, like, great. Did a whole bunch of work to it, so I couldn't foresee it never opening again. But yeah, but then apparently they like they failed there. I remember watching this video and I. Well, I think the guy was drunk when he made the video, but he was well, going on it. Almost <laughs> for sure, because he likely just found out <laughs> all the money he spent wasn't going to work yeah. for him. They uh, they couldn't get their, whatever they need, their their license to open from Health, Sask Health or something, mm. uh, Sask Health Authority, and they kind of similar, like, similar to expectors. They couldn't, they wouldn't tell them 
what parts were failed and what they needed to do, but they wouldn't allow them to open it for whatever reason. And then this guy went on this big rant on like Facebook or something like that, posted a video and got us. And that was, I think that was like, might have been two years ago in the fall. And it, so it never opened last year. And I, I didn't think it opened this year either, but I could be. This is, this is my problem with the authority figures is not, not that they exist. That's fine because they're there to help with the safety. I understand what their job is. The problem I have is that they don't help, mm-hmm. right? They just, they just point out problems and they don't help with the solution. I have the same problem with some employees. I tell them, it's like, <laughs> you just, I don't need a constant. Temporarily closed as according to Google. Yeah. Oh, there goes that plan. Temporarily closed. Um, Play the mini golf. Go to, uh, there's a good mini golf course there. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll make a trip out there probably. But That'd be good. That, yeah. Then you can fish off the dock if you like fishing. I haven't gone for a while, but yeah. So the their website is a giant red banner. It says this is written to inform you that the, the, you the public that there have been some setbacks in our 2022 preseason preparations. Being optimistic that things will fall into place, we are hoping to see all of you soon. And then it is like it goes longer. The last but updated 2022 when they did this, but you would uh, you would for sure think they would take that down if things took a turn for the better. Yeah. Yeah. I am really sorry to cr- crush your holidays because that sounded like that was gonna be fun. Uh, that's you, okay. But the fence isn't that tall. <laughs> yeah, I'll <laughs> just, just I'll go with no water. Baby on oil. Yeah, <laughs> just baby oil and, <laughs> on and the, a will to make it happen. On the old double bonsai, just a <laughs> yeah. <laughs> zing, Would zing. probably work. <laughs> All right, uh, next year, are, are you guys doing this next week? Uh, potentially, I got to talk to Bryce and Jacob, but we might be doing a Tud's War Room podcast. Okay. Next week. So Wade and I are both gone out of Regina the next week, next week, and we thought about doing a double today, but then Kyle was like, you know what? We could do a Tud's Media one. We could do a marketing episode. The three of us marketing guys could hey. sit down, and I was like, you know what? Have a rip at her. Yeah. So next week's episode might be without Wade and I, which means it'll probably be the most valuable and beneficial <laughs> episode we've done in uh, most at least 189 times. on time. I mean, that's so, for sure. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> All right, hit it, Kyle. Let's get out of here. Let's go enjoy the rest of this week. Thank you for listening to the Ultimate Deck Podcast. Now you know what we're about. Check the site, come and shop. UltimateDeckShop.com. Hit us right away for sponsorships. So tell us if you want to collaborate. Let's go. Check us out on any social networks. Thank you for listening.